Warning, this podcast contains subject matter regarding animal cruelty. Viewer's discretion is advised. If you choose not to be subject to this matter, we understand and we'll see you next week. Whoever has the most money, right? It's like they have power and the government doesn't want to regulate what they're doing because there is no way to regulate it. You literally have to shut it down because there is no ethical way to murder someone, right? There's no ethical way to kill someone who doesn't want to die. Welcome back to the Tool for Rise podcast, where we document the rise and stardom of Winnipeg's talent and personalities. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Click the affiliate link in our social media description to start your 14-day free trial. More information later on in the episode. It's April. It's April. It's, we're, what, four months into the year? Yeah. Yeah. How's, how's the New Year's resolutions? Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, the New Year's resolutions usually go strong, like for the first couple you know, months and then they kind of like die down. But I've been I've been trying to keep up with, you know, my, my goal was to like eat healthier and like, you know, just be a healthy person. So I think I think I've been doing pretty good. I've been trying to like bulk up, but like for the summer body, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but I don't know, like working out, eating, it take it's it take it takes a toll, you know, sometimes. But we're working. What about you guys? Uh I've been trying to stay kind of sane, trying this whole stuff like online stuff you know it's been a adaptive environment so yeah just learning to deal with that every day is, it's been the been the struggle for this year but it is what it is how about you matt yeah yeah you know um trying to get more like eat better like robin said i didn't always have the healthiest meals but um yeah you know just like trying to eat more vegetables and fruits throughout the day and that kind of stuff yeah, have you have you tried the vegan like route? Like I I looked at like some like athletes, pro athletes. They were I was re- reading their like workout schedule and their diet, and a, a lot of them go into like vegan. I haven't looked into this, but maybe this podcast will change my mind. Anyways, speaking of veganism, I want to bring on our guest for today. She is the reason that we got involved with the UMFM radio station and got the inspiration to start Two for Rise. Here to talk about veganism and much more. Please welcome Cheryl. <laughs> all the audio all the all, all the audio only people are like why are they clapping but <laughs> thank you that was like a really nice intro yeah i mean i mean we got we we first met you at u of m like that's the reason we kind of started our show you were just uh, one of the volunteer coordinator i believe and you just yeah. you you kind of led the way for us to figure out how this podcasting stuff works so first of all thanks for that yeah <laughs> And now look at you guys, you got your, your show. It's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. No. Uh, so I remember, yeah. I remember we were, I think me and Robin were just walking across the university center mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was you and some other person. I can't remember the name, but you guys were just recruiting uh, volunteers, I guess, for your, for the station. And we happened to walk by and the first thing we I uh, think you kind of approached us and was like, Hey, would you guys like to volunteer? And we're like, what for? <laughs> <laughs> and then we were, and you kind of explained like all the UMFM and all the history behind it. 
And then I think we, we, we were like so unprofessional. I think uh, we said we wanted to do a show. And I think it was, you asked us about what, and we're like everything. everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and would you say your show is kind of about a little bit of everything? Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely have a good, uh, a good range. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> So, so you're a vegan. All I think. Right. I think. <laughs> Should yeah. I like introduce myself? Or <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think we'll get into it as we go okay. through the podcast. But yeah. I, I think what, while we were emailing, you said that you're really into veganism. So talk to talk to me about like how that started because I'm tr- I'm actually looking into going into eating better and all that. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I guess. Um... Yeah, for me, I'm really passionate about activism. So that I'd say is like, you know, I'm passionate about all kinds of activism. Um, But veganism is, yeah, something that's been just my life for a long time. Like I went vegan 15 years ago, like this year will be my 15th year. Uh, Because yeah, I was like my early 20s. And my sister uh, watched this documentary called Earthlings. And she's like, you have to watch this documentary. And so yeah, I watched it. I couldn't even get through all of it. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm going vegan. I'd been like vegetarian for a few years, like when I was in high school. And I'd always like been that kind of like activist spirit. I always, I loved animals. Like I cared about the environment as a feminist. Um, and so, yeah, like going vegan for me wasn't um, too difficult at first, like of a transition. Um, but obviously like adapting to that lifestyle in a world that is predominantly non-vegan was one of the most challenging things. I mean, now it's, I've kind of, you know, worked in, into my life and, you know, I've, I've figured out how to have interactions and, uh, you know, share space with non-vegan, uh, friends and family members, you know, for gatherings and stuff and yeah, I'd navigate that kind of realm. But, um, Yeah, for me, I went vegan because of the animals and ethics and how animals are treated in our society is like, I talked about in my last radio show, it's like literally your worst nightmare times like a thousand. Like think about the worst horror film you've ever seen. And that's what animals go through on a daily basis. And like the numbers are just so large that when people say like, you know, a hundred billion land animals were killed last year, like, I think that's a hard number for people to understand. But if you think about like relationships you might have with, you know, if you have like an animal companion in your house, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's one individual animal. And then, you know, all animals are capable of those types of relationships and they all have desires to live and just, yeah, they don't want to be murdered. <laughs> don't want to end up in a slaughterhouse or end up on someone's plate. So to me, it's important that, um, yeah, like I, I talk about these things, uh, but also I, I do, you know, try to have compassion for folks because I understand it is a difficult topic to talk about. So thank you folks for having me on the show to be able to talk about something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, no, wait, that's, we love that that's why we're here right where we want to share everyone's story everyone's got a story to tell um you mentioned that like at the start it was it was hard for you to get and transition from vegetarian to vegan so what was that process like and what are some advice that you would give to someone that's like actually trying to transition from that phase Mm -hmm. 
Well, I guess for me, like I, I kind of did it weirdly. I was vegetarian in high school and then I went back to eating like animals for like a year or two. And then I went vegan. Um, and when I went vegan, there wasn't a ton of resources. So I like relied on PETA a lot and like looking up like what kinds of foods to eat, what products to use, because veganism isn't just about food. It's about trying to remove um, any processes of like animal exploitation in your life. Like you don't want to participate in any of that. So it was like, okay, getting rid of like my leather boots and, you know, like changing the way I eat, looking at what, you know, body products I use, shampoo, toothpaste, you know, those kinds of things too. Um, but now, oh my gosh, it is the easiest time to be vegan right now because you can go in any grocery store. There's so many options. You can go, um, Pretty much any restaurant now has options if they're not like a vegan restaurant they all have options um, there's this really cool program i do want to mention it's called challenge 22 and if you're interested in going vegan you can like be matched up with a mentor and they support you through that process um, so that's like one piece of advice i would give if anyone is interested to look up challenge 22 um, and there's just so much information out there and if folks are interested in like the nutrition aspect like I really like um, the work of like Dr. Michael Greger. You might've heard of him. Like he's super famous plant-based doctor and yeah, he gives really great nutrition advice. There's like apps out there. Um, I think even, I think there's something called like, I think it's called happy cow and it's like about around restaurants. So there's basically like something for everything that you might want to like learn about. And there's like, you can look at what products are test on animals. And luckily I would say that's one thing that's kind of starting to shift. I've noticed that a lot more, even like major companies um, are switching away um, and they're like advertising vegan makeup, which to me is like a big company like L'Oreal or CoverGirl saying they're making vegan mascara is kind of like, to me that's, that's pretty big when companies like are advertising the word vegan on their yeah. products when yeah. years ago you could never get that <laughs> you know yeah. people were like embarrassed about it but now people like they understand that i mean it is ultimately about profits and that you know the vegan population around the world is growing so corporations are like all right let's jump on this let's jump <laughs> on the bandwagon yeah it's definitely good to see how like those bigger companies are trying to be more um i guess like mindful of everyone everyone's stances and views um and going back to the food do you ever find it like difficult to get like certain um like nutritional um stuff like certain vitamins and all that kind of things uh no i'd say like i'm way healthier now um than i ever was and because if we look at the science behind like so veganism is like a social movements political movement how people eat if you're vegan is plant-based and if you look at uh, the plant-based science they've actually done a lot of studies that show plant-based nutrition is the number one way to like to be the healthiest um if you follow a plant-based diet um and yeah it's kind of like anything you eat you know you just got to kind of make sure you're getting enough like servings and stuff like that um but i don't have a problem. Um, the only thing like I will say, which everyone knows is like B12, um, even like people who eat animals or if you don't eat animals, everyone in the world should be taking a B12 supplement uh, because it's not natural. And it, you know, it's like, a, I think it's like a, something in the, 
mineral like found in the soil or something. And uh, like years ago, people used to get it just from eating like, you know, yeah. food that they grew mm -hmm. and it's supplemented in animal feed. So if you're eating animal, you know, then you'll get that. So everyone, yeah, that's the only thing that like a supplement you really need to take is B12, but otherwise like, I don't have a problem. And I mentioned like Dr. Michael Greger, he also has this app called the daily dozen. So if people are like transitioning to like a plant-based diet um, or veganism, and they want to like make sure that they're getting all their servings, you can follow this app and you can like check off boxes to make sure you're getting like a certain amount of like servings of everything each day. So yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, there's also vegan junk food too out there. So it's not like, <laughs> yeah, I, th I think the main argument that I read was the protein argument, but then upon research, there's literally protein in everything, like from legumes to beans to most foods out there. And I think companies also like, are like you said are doing a good job i think the one thing that i found was the the beyond meat burger or like the it's plant-based but in in a burger have you have you tried the beyond meat burger or like any of those like alternatives and what do you think about those yeah uh, i actually have beyond burgers in my fridge right now okay <laughs> <laughs> i might be going to the lake this weekend um but yeah i i'd say they're a great option like i personally don't eat a lot of like um, like the meat or whatever, vegan protein or sure. vegan meat alternatives, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, but I think they're awesome. Like I love Beyond Burger. I think it's so easy, especially for like families, if you're busy or with kids or something, Like you can basically get anything like vegan chicken fingers, vegan burgers, like basically anything that you want to make or replace. It is possible. It is out there. You just have to like Google it and you'll like find all these recipes. So I think that's really cool. Uh, I know Beyond Meat is like really exploded. Um, yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's at A&W, right? Um, like KFC now has Beyond Chicken. Um, so a lot of these products too, I wouldn't say they're necessarily catering to vegans, but they're maybe catering to people who eat animals already and maybe might want to like transition or want to try something different. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really awesome that there's like all these options out there. Yeah. And, and like you said, there is, that is like probably the biggest fallacy. I think yeah. that people think around veganism is that like, where do you get your protein from? Mm -hmm. And yeah, protein is in plants, right? So if you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, I mean, there's people who are fruitarians, right. And stuff like that. So mm -hmm. as long as you're like getting all that stuff, you're going to be getting enough protein. They've actually done studies that found that vegans actually get more protein than other folks because it is in like all the food that we're eating. So, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. So like we, um, looking into like the Olympics and some, some, uh, I was doing some research on like weightlifting and powerlifting. Um, and some of the athletes have actually transitioned into all plant-based diets. Right. Um, but they still face drawbacks. Like, did you personally experience that throughout the journey of like you transitioning or like, was it just, no, throw meat away. I'm going right into the to plant-based world. Yeah. I personally transitioned right away, but I know like a lot of people, it's like their own kind of, you know, journey or whatever you want to call it. Like some people do it in stages. Like I did it pretty quickly. Cause I think that's just kind of person I am. Like 
when I make up my mind about something or when I learn new information, I'm like, nope, Kate, can't participate in that. (laughs) But for some people, it is a challenge. And I mean, speaking of, yeah, like the Olympians, I was going to mention, maybe you saw the movie Game, The Game Changers. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Okay. I've seen that probably like four times. I love this documentary so much. Um, I, I think it's so excellent because yeah, it shows how like athletes can perform really well, uh, being plant-based. It shared a lot of people's journeys. I just thought it was in, in the science and some of the health stuff. Um, so from that perspective, I thought it was a really good documentary and yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest challenge too around like veganism or transitioning is really like societal pressure or like pressure from people in your life that maybe don't understand it or that things are going to have to shift. Like for, I know for myself and my sister, like, yeah, going vegan at first, it was hard, like for our family, uh, family dinners were difficult. Right. Um, and now it's kind of just like, okay, everyone just makes like, we make our own kind of tofurkey or whatever, like our own separate, food and stuff and now like yeah like people are supportive all my non-vegan friends are super supportive like they'll cook vegan for me or eat vegan with me so I'd say that's really good um yeah and it's just kind of like I think having to deal with sometimes the hate or the backlash that like people love to hate vegans I think mm-hmm. they just like remind them of something even if we don't say anything you're like that person at the table that you might not say anything that you're vegan or that you're not eating stuff, but people see what's on your plate. And it kind of like maybe makes them think about something that they don't want to think about because it is difficult to think about. I mean, it is, it is hard. Um, but there's lots of hard things in life. Right. And, uh, it's like our human kind of condition that we are resistant to change. (laughs) And it's really hard. I think, um, I don't know what it is. Like some people are able to like motivate yourselves. Like I'm really interested in things like routine and habits and how do we change our minds and like critical thinking and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I it's, I, I wonder often if it's like a combination of, you know, resilience, motivation, critical thinking that motivates people to like make this change and stick with it. Cause I would say it takes like, you know, some, willpower definitely like in terms of what I just talked about in terms of like societal expectations or your relationships but in terms of like the habit of like eating differently or using different products that I'd say is pretty easy and you know you can build a new habit in a matter of weeks or months so that part I would say isn't as challenging but yeah it's and it's good to really have support in a community And now, I mean, so much is online, obviously, because of COVID. So that's the one really cool thing, too, though, is that there are just a lot of people that you can connect with that want to support you. And there is, like, a lot of vegans in Winnipeg, too, and activists. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it definitely is good to have that support system when you're going through something like that. Um, Did you say that your sister is vegan as well? Yeah. And her husband and her kids now. So... Wow. It's pretty cool because my sister and I went vegan, yeah, together at the same time, like 15 years ago. And then her husband went vegan, I think, shortly after that. I mean, they were dating at the time. But um, so it's been really helpful to have like family members who are also vegan and that I, you know, can spend spend a lot of time with them. So it's like making meals and 
and just, you know, not having to like explain or having to like find something else. So that's been really, yeah, like a really awesome, I'm very grateful for that, that my sister is also vegan and to like be able to share that with her. Mm-hmm. And now I have some really good like vegan friends and yeah, so it's been, it's been really good. So, so the whole reason you went vegan was because you saw this documentary about animal cruelty? Yeah. Or, and, and so, so what was it about that documentary specifically that like really motivated that change? So Earthlings was a documentary. Um, I think it was produced by Sean Monson, but it's actually narrated by Rakeen Phoenix. Okay. Um, and it went through like four different areas. I mean, it's been so many years since I've seen it. So I hope I might be getting this wrong, but it went through kind of like four different areas. So I think it went through like, like pets because like obviously pet industry is horrible and how animals are treated right and bred. Uh, it's like talking about animal testing, animals used for like fur, animals used for food. Um, and so it just kind of showed like, kind of like a day in the life or not even just like a moment of what happens to animals. And just knowing that that is just like a snapshot, that's just like a fraction. Um, and just some of the things, like I'm not even going to say it on here because I think people should have that choice if they want to engage with like graphic or violent material. But obviously there were some things that really stuck with me and you know, just being able to put myself in their shoes. Like I would say, I'm a, I'm a pretty empathetic person. Um, I think a lot of people are too, but, um, for me, I was just really able to connect and like feel that pain and suffering. And I knew that I didn't want to participate in that. Um, and that like the first step of me not participating in that is going vegan. And then obviously the next step for me was getting active because I didn't feel like just being vegan was enough. Uh, while the animals were having to go through like literal, you know, hell, hell on earth. Like, I, I mean, I don't even believe in hell. I'm not religious, but uh, you know, we like to use those metaphors as like the worst that we can imagine. And um, yeah, it, it, there is an updated version though. Of, or I wouldn't say updated, but um another documentary it's called dominion so i i did want to talk about that uh, if people want to check it out because it's it is like a more current version of earthlings just kind of showing i guess yeah what's what's happened since because earthlings was made quite a while ago um i think early 2000 so yeah dominion and then another documentary just came out i haven't actually watched it yet i'm gonna watch it this weekend it's called sea spiracy it's on netflix and it, yeah, so it's about everything that happens to like animal life in the oceans, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's, I don't know if you've heard of like Captain Paul Watson and, and Sea Shepherd, mm-hmm. um, but he's been trying to, he's been in like an activist since the seventies and trying to fight for uh, marine life and, and wildlife in the oceans. And his, like one of his most famous quotes that he says is like, I might screw this up, but <laughs> if the oceans die, we die. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially like, yeah, it, it's, I'm sure um, quite enlightening. I have watched a lot of doc- different documentaries about stuff um, that happens to animals. Cause it's just, you know, like a different area, right? It's like land animals and then sea animals um, and, and sea animals are also at war with, <laughs> you know, like being persecuted by humans at such a staggering rate that it is really scary to think about, um, you know, now that I, especially now that I have like little nieces, thinking about what kind of world, 
you know, kids are going to grow up into when they say like we could have fishless oceans by 2048, which isn't actually that long. And, you know, if we don't stop what we're doing now, I, I do fear for like what's going to happen, you know, to the world. So we interrupt this episode to bring you today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. If you'd like to support the show and are interested in Skillshare, we have a deal for you. For a limited time, click the link in our social media description to get your 14-day free trial on us. It's quick, it's easy, and you can cancel at any time. Go to our link in our description to receive your 14-day free trial on us. Now back to the episode. Right, like we we do so many actions that we don't even recall the consequences for, right? Like people nowadays, like everyone's trying to save the earth, but they're actually working towards it or countingly making a difference. And I think that's what's really important. Like you said, it's not only like you, you made the change from going vegetarian to vegan full for 15 years, which is amazing. And now you're also educating, like it's not, you're only educating yourself. You're only also educating other people. So I guess my question is like, for, for someone like me, who's not as educated as I, as I would like to be on this topic, where, where, where do I start? Like, what are the steps for me to hopefully make some impact? Um, I guess like, honestly, like what I would start with some of the documentaries that I mentioned Um, if you want to just like learn about what happens to animals actually, so that you can see for yourself and make a decision, because I've found that unless people like are experiencing things themselves or like where they have direct kind of contact, um, it's, it is easier to make that change. So it's also like learning about how animals, like there's animal sanctuaries in Manitoba. So I think that's also really important that we see how animals are living in their natural lives when they're allowed to live free, because we see why we should be making this change, right? We don't always just want to see like the horrible stuff. We want to like see the world that we're hoping that we create. Um, And there is obviously like a plethora of information online, like depending on what kind of Um, learner you are too right like do you like listening to podcasts do you like documentaries do you like reading books do you like reading articles do you like having one-on-one conversations Um, so I'd say like you know if you if you want to learn more and you you do want to make like a difference you know kind of figuring out what way that you like to take in information and you know search out some resources uh, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to go down a, yeah. a rabbit hole with, with this, cause there is so much out there, but I would say just starting with, you know, what you can. And I mean, even having like conversations like this, just having an open conversation, I think is really awesome. Um, yeah. To be able to like, you know, expand our minds. Like that's how I like learning too, is when I'm, you know, hearing from different people about their experiences, like, I mean, that's, yeah, I think your podcast is so cool for that reason. Cause I also love like hearing people's stories. And I think that's how we like learn in the world is when we, and also just when we have like an open mind to it. Right. Um, Cause if we're resistant to change or we think that it's going to be hard or too difficult, we might shy away from things or, you know, we don't want to engage with things that are going to, you know, cause us pain or heartbreak. Um, but I'd say like for me going vegan was like the best decision of my life even though it has caused me pain, (laughs) it has caused me heartbreak, 
But I also know that I'm not being like ignorant to these issues. I'm not like shying away from it. I'm moving towards it. Um, there's actually a quote by Leo Tolstoy, which there's an animal rights group. It's called the Save Movement. They're a worldwide organization. Um, and the quote is about like bearing witness and it talks about going closer to the suffering instead of shying away from it and going closer so that we can try and help. Because if we like close our eyes or we turn our backs, we might be protecting ourselves, but in the end, like we're not helping anyone else. We're not helping the world. Um, I know maybe not everyone wants to be like an activist or help folks, but I think all humans have that like desire for connection or desire to like do, you know, be the best person we can be, right? To not cause harm, like live by the golden rule, right? So. <laughs> well, okay. One question that I have, and this is not, so, this is just like kind of a question I've had for like animal activists or, or just the animal cruelty. Yeah. So how small of, so is it all animals? And I'm just asking for, like, I, I seriously just don't yeah. know, but is it all animals? Like if a mosquito bites you or something, are you inclined to like kill it or like, what's the limit? <laughs> I mean, okay. This is what I'll say about that. Veganism is not about perfection. Sure. It's about doing the best you can and like avoiding participating in harm and suffering, like at all costs. But if we look at things like, you know, you might be a vegan, but you might have to go to the hospital and have a surgery or take drugs that might've been tested on animals at some point. Sure. I think car tires have animal products in them. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if I can avoid it, like I will take spiders out of my house. Right. And, like if yeah. I can try to avoid it, I'll try to brush a mosquito away. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's not about perfection. It's, but I wouldn't say that doesn't mean that, okay, today I'm going to be vegan, you know, and then I'm going to eat a cheese pizza. No, that's not what I mean. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's about doing the best you can all the time, but understanding that no one is perfect. Perfection doesn't exist in the world. Sure. And, uh, you know, we, we do the best thing that we can in, in situations. Okay. Yeah, okay. We have control over. My cat is trying to jump. <laughs> so obviously I can tell you're very enthusiastic about your animals and how many pets do you have or how many cats? I know you're cat mom. So how many cats do you have? <laughs> I just have one cat. Yeah, <laughs> one cat. I grew up with dogs. I just have one cat. Uh, his name's Oi. And I rescued him when I lived in Halifax and I've had him for, I guess, six, six years now. Yep. So he's my companion, my BFF. He's been, <laughs> you know, COVID quarantine buddies. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, um, I'm a volunteer at Kismet Creek Animal Sanctuary. Um, I'm actually going there tomorrow and they're a home for almost a hundred animals that have been rescued from the animal agriculture industry. And yeah, so that's, that's really fun and exciting. And yeah, yeah. I, I would like to talk about activism a bit. I don't know if that's one of your yeah. questions, but. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you <laughs> well, I just want to yeah. talk about something really important because, um, and, and really relevant and current because our, our government, as we know, is trying to pass through a bunch of like horrible bills. Um, and one of them is specifically re related to animal agriculture. Okay. And I wrote it down, it's called the, um, 
Animal Diseases Amendment Act. So what essentially it's trying to do, it's an ag-gag bill, uh, Bill 62. It's trying to make animal rights activism illegal. It's trying to persecute activists for simply trying to expose animal cruelty. What? So I, I was very involved, like I, I'm not as much anymore, but I was very involved in on the ground animal rights activism. Like I organized groups, events, campaigns, um, and we would go to slaughterhouses. We would take footage um, of animals on slaughterhouse trucks. We would try to give animals water in the summer because obviously these animals are dehydrated. They're literally dying on their way to be slaughtered. And uh, so the government is trying to make this illegal now. Uh, jail time for activists, fines of up to, I think, I don't know if it's like 10,000, 100, maybe $100,000 even, um, you know, increased jail, jail time just for literally being near a slaughterhouse or trying to give animals water on a slaughterhouse truck. I mean, and this has happened across Canada and the US. So this is really nothing new, um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's awful if we can't even speak out about what's happening, right? So to me, like this is the biggest kind of thing about the animal agriculture industry much like all these other like major industries and corporations that control our lives because of capitalism is the animal agriculture industry is so massive, so massive. And in Canada, you know, it's literally in the pockets of the government. Right. And uh, so all of like, you know, the laws and bills around animal abuse is all designed to favor these companies that are literally torturing and murdering animals because they don't want the general public to really know what's happening. It is like a profitable industry for the people at the top. Like obviously working in a slaughterhouse is one of the most dangerous jobs, especially as we learn with COVID, how many slaughterhouse workers were dying in outbreaks. Um, and yet they didn't want to shut those down because right profits. And so this is what really like gets me is because it's such a massive industry. It has so much power, but yet it's destroying our land. It's destroying our water, right? Um, you know, these are indigenous communities, <laughs> indigenous land, right? It's not right. Um, it's, you know, harming animals. It's harming the population because, you know, as we know, animal products are number one causes of cancer, heart disease. And yet it's, it's about profit. And, and so, yeah, activists are trying to expose these things. And then our government <laughs> is trying to pass this bill. So I, yeah, I just really wanted to mention that because I want people to know about this and to speak out against it. I mean, there's also another bill that's been passed as we know, or not passed, but introduced around trying to make activism in general illegal, specifically targeting right indigenous land protectors, which <laughs> this is their land and it's trying to make, you know, their activists, yeah, their activism and their protection of the land and water illegal. So it's very aggravating, to say that, the least. That's horrible. That's that's horrible. And I, I, I didn't know about this to be honest. Like, but I, th I think the main thing is like, I'm, I'm thank you for t sharing that first of all. But yeah. I think I think the main thing is just not, people are not getting or not getting the message, or it's it's all economic, right? Like this is just so the 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 slaughterhouses they get food to the businesses and whatever, and they're just making so much money that it would be detrimental for anyone to stop that process. But my question is like, how do we change that? Like we can we can send our voice, we can do all this. Like I think from what like personally, I think 
until you go through it, like, like you said, once you see it, once it's personally there, once you actually go see what's going on, like I've seen videos and they've been circulating around like social media quite a bit, but how do you, how do you change? Like, do you think, do you think the government will eventually come around to realization that like, Hey, this is actually bad. And if we continue doing this, like in a few years, like we're not going to have any more food or any more animals or anything. Mm-hmm. do you think they're coming around like how, how is it just getting um, riled up or like i think it's like a what we need like specifically in the animal rights movement is like a multifaceted approach because mm-hmm. not one thing is going to work like as we know governments don't really listen to anyone yeah. <laughs> so a lot of stuff is driven by grassroots activism but we also need lawyers who are fighting these unjust bills and laws right in the courts. We do need politicians that are gonna, you know, try to stand up against these bills. Like Nahani Fontaine spoke out against this bill. Um, You know, so we need that. We need activists on the ground who are getting the footage, right? Who are talking to the public, who are exposing these things. We need targeted campaigns that try to shut down slaughterhouses, right? So we need like these called pressure campaigns. So we need campaigns that are gonna target, right? The supply. you know, because that's really what all of this comes down to, right, is capitalism and money. And so Maple Leaf, actually, they produce a lot of the really interesting thing about this is that a lot of these major slaughterhouse and animal, you know, (laughs) murdering companies, whatever you want to call them, uh, they also own like vegan plant-based alternative meat product companies. Most of them do. So they know that that's profitable as well. But I guess right now, because if we think about like the whole animal agriculture industry and these companies, they don't have to pay for like the effects of what happens to the pollution, right? They don't have to pay for all these things. They're not paying for the transportation and all the damage to the roads. Cause you know, pigs are shipped out to on slaughterhouse trucks to Maple Leaf Foods in Brandon. It's one of the biggest slaughterhouses in Canada but one of the biggest Manitoba, 85,000 pigs a week um, are murdered there. And then they're trucked back, their bodies are shipped back to Winnipeg to be like dismembered and packaged. So you can think about the environmental costs. So all these companies are not paying all these costs. So for them, I guess it still is profitable, right? Because animals, they're breeding them, right? They're not paying for all these like, you know, external things. Um, But, you know, if we start to hit them where it hurts, their profits, um, maybe we can have some impact, but again, like I, like I said, it's going to take like a multifaceted approach. Like we're not just going to win like animal liberation by convincing people to eat vegan or eat plant-based. It takes a lot and a a lot of, um, effort in many areas and many people. So yeah, I would say like, I do have hope, but there's, there's a lot of work to be done. But there's a lot of amazing activists out there. So I want to give a shout out to them too. who are doing really awesome work on the ground. One of the craziest, and I think you already mentioned it, the number of pigs that are getting slaughtered, like you said. um, I actually experienced this in person. I was driving down the perimeter highway and I saw, saw the actual trucks full of pigs. Um, And it absolutely broke my heart to see them in the conditions that they were in like um yeah like i i can't even explain it um but yeah like it was 
it's, it's kind of hard to talk about, honestly, but um, for all the companies that they say, yes, we're, we're doing something about this issue. Like there's a lot of, it's easier to said to them. So what do you think about that? Like, I want to get your experience. Like it's easy for corporations to say, yes, we're making the change, but are they actually making the change? Like, is that actually happening? Like, no, no, no one's doing anything like the, no, any company that says like they care about animal welfare, it's all propaganda. It's all lies. Like it's all lies. Look at all these dairy ads. Dairy is literally one of the worst industries. Animals are sexually exploited. Their babies are stolen. They're forced to produce milk. It's literally the worst. And you see all these like happy, you know, like dairy farmers, we, you know, love our cows. No, what those companies love are profits and they lie to the public to sell products. That's what every company pretty much does. But in this case, it's obviously horrific because there's torture and abuse happening right from when the animals are born. So they're literally born into this world, right? Baby pigs are castrated without anesthetic, teeth pulled, babies, like literally babies, and then kept in cages. And they go to these, when they're on those trucks is the only time they actually see sunlight their entire life. And I just want to say like, yeah, I, I feel your pain or sheep. Cause I, yeah, I I've seen many of those trucks and it is really hard. So thank you for sharing that because it, it is a really difficult thing to experience. Um, yeah, but yeah, but this is the reality. And in so many cases, it's just hidden from the public unless you write, you seek it out and you watch a video or yeah, you drive by a slaughterhouse truck. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's really just sickening to me when I see like, you know, I'm driving and then I see this like ad on a transit bus about like Manitoba pork producers and like, you know, like we like love our animals and, you know, we're, we're doing such great things for the environment. And it's like, actually like Winnipeg is dying because of all the nutrients and like runoff and eutrophication from animal agriculture industry, which no one wants to talk about. It's like, whoever has the most money, right? It's like they have power and the government doesn't want to regulate what they're doing because there is no way to regulate it. You literally have to shut it down because there is no ethical way to murder someone, right? There's no ethical way to kill someone who doesn't want to die. And, you know, people talk about humane slaughter or family farms, all that is just, you know, BS. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't exist. And I'm sorry if I'm <laughs> bursting people's bubbles, but I believe in speaking truth. And uh, this is the reality, right? And if you know the, like, then maybe you can make a, a different choice, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to like being aware, like understand, like, like you say, like you have to speak on it to be educated. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that, right? They're afraid to pop out of this social bubble because of judgment and how the social network works. So do you think that has a lot of effect on how people sometimes get like limited to their social space kind of? Yeah. I totally think so. And I think in some ways it might be harder. I know I've heard from like male vegans, it might be harder for men um, potentially to like go vegan because of that pressure and like peer pressure. Um, but yeah, I, I would um, definitely say that. Okay, wait. <laughs> Lost train of thought. 
a heavy topic. Like, you, you okay, wait, sorry, what was the question you were asking me about? Just like the social aspect of like how society just like controls your mind about like certain topics. That was just kind of general. Um, yeah. So- yeah. So like, even when you, um, yeah, it, it, I guess it's like, you know, there's like this propaganda, but then there's also this like, just like socialization of we grew up this way right like there's a lot of like really interesting things around like you know memes around like disney movies and kids movies because we everyone roots right for the animals we see animals having families having lives having interests and then parents turn around and feed their kids those same (laughs) animals so it's like it's kind of really twisted that we grew up in this society where I'd say like kids are like born with that, right? They have this like love and they want to protect everyone and they don't want anyone to be hurt. Um, They love animals. And then we, you know, we grew up this way because our parents ate meat. So then we like eat animals and tradition, right? Um, And so I think that is like a hard thing to break when it's ingrained or like interwoven in culture, Um, but it's not impossible, right? And traditions can be changed. New traditions can be formed. Um, but the socialization aspect is definitely like difficult. And obviously like, again, when you're speaking out about this kind of stuff in public, I think people are just afraid um, of change. They're afraid of how it might affect their life or their livelihood. So they're resistant to it. And it's like, almost like they double down. Like, <laughs> I don't like get in arguments with like meat eaters anymore <laughs> on Facebook or anything. Like, um, but it's almost like people like, like, oh, you're vegan. Well, I'm going to go eat two steaks now. And it's like, <laughs> why? But I understand why, because people like, yeah, change is hard. Like there's been so many studies about why humans are so resistant to change. And like, they say why like climate change is like the perfect storm because humans don't have this like really good capacity for your like future thinking. I would say like, you know, I can't speak, obviously all indigenous people are different, but you know, a lot of their culture and tradition is around these seven generations and thinking that way, which I think is really interesting and, and amazing. And a lot, a lot of other folks, we humans don't think that way. Um, so we get stuck in this like immediate, you know, present, which again, it is good to live in the present, but we don't think about you know, the consequences of our actions. Um, and I think a lot of just the ways that our culture and our lives are designed around like capitalism around being always productive, like it's even hard to just find time to like think about these things or process these ideas or have these conversations, um, when our world is just pushing all these like messages at us, right? Like advertising and, you know, pressure from all these, you know, corporations that just want your money. You know, that's really all they want. They don't care about anything else. They don't care about animal welfare. They don't, Maple Leaf doesn't care that people are getting cancer and heart disease, right? Like they don't care about that stuff. They just want your money. I I think like that's, you've mentioned some great points. Uh, One last thing that I want to get your opinion on is the use of animals for science or like using lab rats for certain diseases or that sort of thing. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? And then I think we can wrap it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's not necessary. Um, it's outdated. It's cruel. Animal testing is probably the one of the most cruel industries. Animals are literally tortured for science that now they found isn't even really effective because yes, we share similarities with animals. It's really interesting, right? So they want to test on animals because they're similar to humans. But, you know, if we try to, you know, speak out against this, oh, well, they're different enough from humans that we can test on them. So, and there, it's actually incredible, the science that's out there now um, of like different models and different ways of testing. There's are alternatives that really amazing, smart people are coming up with. So it's, it's very outdated. And a lot of it, again, is rooted in like money, right? So yeah. universities will get money. Professors will get money to run these tests. They're not even effective, but you know, drug companies love to throw money at animal testing. So it, it's a really horrible industry. And I personally hope to do more work on that at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really horrific and it's unnecessary. And a lot of the tests that they do, they found, again, aren't, aren't effective. So why are we doing this? Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. <clears throat> well, I, uh, I think this is a solid way to end off the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for coming out and spe spending so much time talking about this uh, very important issue um, and educating us and me personally. Like I've yeah. learned so much through this podcast that I didn't even know before. Um, so thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you're listening on UMFM radio station, uh, thank you so much. Tune in every Tuesday at 1130 AM on 101.5 FM. And if you're on Spotify or Apple podcasts, hit that follow button and you'll get more educational topics like this one. So thank you. Thanks, thank you guys so much. I just, can I say like one positive thing to like end this? Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I just want to say, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, I just, yeah, want to say that, you know, I, there is a lot of amazing people out there who are changing their minds every day. A lot of activists on the ground who are doing a lot of incredible work. So I just want to say thank you to them and yeah, just for everyone to have hope and don't get discouraged and just know that, you know, like the choices you make do have power and that you do have the power to like change things and uh, anyone can be an activist, you know, Preach. on that note. Preach. Until next time. <laughs> Peace. Thanks,